Hello. Now, in this episode, we continue with our interlude examining how to use communication as the powerful tool that it can be to get it right in our renovation or new build and to avoid key communication mistakes that many homeowners make. So let's dive in. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. There are loads of mistakes that I see homeowners make when it comes to building and renovating their homes. And these mistakes will cost them extra time, extra money, and by far and away, loads of extra stress along their journey. Now, some of their main mistakes, the most stress-inducing mistakes, will come from how homeowners actually manage their communication in their projects. So I'm referring to their communication with their team, with establishing their vision, and in managing the elements of the project along the way. I've got three key mistakes to share with you so that you know what to avoid in your renovation or new home project. These mistakes will relate to how you communicate and what you might avoid in communicating that will actually be to the detriment of your project. So mistake number one is getting lost in the weeds. Mistake number two is giving accusations, not feedback. And mistake number three is just hanging on for too long. So let's go through these one by one. Now mistake number one, getting lost in the weeds. Decisions, decisions, decisions. This is the thing that will overwhelm many homeowners in the midst of their renovation or new build. No sooner have you made one choice, there's another and another and another. And I've spoken before about how sometimes there'll be two options to choose from and at other times there may be 200 or even more. Each choice can take you a step closer to your finished home or it can take you a step further away. And sometimes it can be a case of two steps forward, one step back, and sometimes you might actually feel like you're dancing around in circles, not really getting anywhere and just starting to feel really, really sick. What I see happen so often for homeowners is that they get lost in the weeds. Their communication becomes all about the details. So they'll focus on the problems, the difficulties. They'll talk about all the drama. They stew over and over and over all the little things. And this is what they discuss with their team, with their partner, with their friends. And in doing this, a couple of things will happen. When you talk at this detail level, when you're focusing on all of the little things all of the time, that's where most of the people that you're talking with will actually keep their focus as well. So if you're only asking about or discussing that one aspect of your project and you're not putting it in the context of your overall renovation or build, then you'll actually get a very limited window of advice and input because you'll be making decisions that are informed by a very small frame of reference and that don't take those big picture elements into account. They just focus on that little thing that you're talking about and the immediate things around it. Now, if you're constantly doing that, you'll only ever be looking at the small step in front of you. And communicating in this way means that you're only getting help for that small step in front of you as well. So it's super easy then to get lost, to make the wrong turn, end up in the wrong place and to make choices that really don't serve those overall big picture goals that you hopefully have created at the beginning of your project. And so I call it getting lost in the weeds. Now, there is an antidote for this and it's to jump to helicopter view. Whenever you find that your thinking, your communication, your interaction with your team, when it's starting to feel that it's murky, or it's only happening in really incremental steps, or it's just generally not working at all, 
I recommend that you jump to helicopter view. This means getting back up to that 10,000 feet range where you can really see the big picture all laid out. You know, right back in that launch season of the Get It Right podcast, I spoke to you about how important it is to set your big picture goals, the why of your project. You know, what is the purpose of you renovating or building your home? What's the reason that you're doing it at all? How does it fit into your dreams and your vision for your life and that of your family? You know, when you're standing in a tile shop, and you're trying to decide whether to choose the latte tile or the beige tile, and yep, there is a difference, and you've been taking hours and hours or weeks and weeks to make this choice, and you've been tying yourself in knots and boring everyone around you with it all, get back up to helicopter view because it will throw incredible light and actually an incredibly empowering perspective on all of those details, on all of those minute choices, and it'll help you see the choices that you need to make that will actually serve you and move you forward on your project versus the ones that still do matter, but they just aren't worth the drama and the level of, I suppose, quagmire that you might bury yourself in as you try and process them. Now, mistake number two is giving accusations and not feedback. Look, one thing that many homeowners will tell me, especially women, is that they just don't like confrontation. They shy away from it and they actually avoid anything that they think might become an argument or start to get a little bit difficult and awkward because they just don't want to deal with that awkwardness of a difficult or hard conversation. And it's understandable. Look, we're not really conditioned to give or to take feedback without it feeling like a personal attack. And in fact, as a side note, I actually recently listened to a podcast interview on Alison Hill's podcast called Stand Out Life. And it was with Olympic swimmer and now businesswoman Steph Rice. And in this interview, Steph talked about the fact that she was on obviously a contestant on Celebrity Apprentice and she won it. And she was the youngest ever winner globally of Celebrity Apprentice. Uh, She was 24 at the time when she did it. And she actually credits her success to her swimming training because it conditioned her to welcome feedback as constructive criticism and an opportunity to learn and improve. And she said that instead, other contestants, when they got feedback, would feel personally slighted by it and not take it on board. So look, if you're not happy with something in your project, so say the way the design is progressing or the way something's being done on site or how a detail's being constructed or resolved, you know, I've seen homeowners really struggle just to say anything at all. They'll stay silent out of fear of rocking the boat, of having to be confrontational and of making things awkward or potentially putting somebody offside that they don't necessarily want to. Now, the flip side of this is that when feedback actually is provided, it comes across as an accusation of total failure. It becomes an attack on someone's professional ability and who they are as a person rather than perhaps just doing this one thing wrong. And so the recipient of that attack will often then move to a defensive position and the whole situation just degenerates into a communication standoff. Honestly, this is a terrible way to travel on your renovation and building project because and your journey overall because it just creates an animosity that doesn't work for anyone. The design process becomes hard. You know, site visits become difficult. Site's not a nice place to be. When these working relationships sour, it's literally like moving through concrete to get your project done. Everything starts to feel like an effort. And whenever you're renovating or building your home, you generally do it for quite a long time. And that's a long time to be moving through concrete. So you're either staying silent for the fear of confrontations or you're throwing accusations around that put everyone on the back foot. And this is communication at its worst. If you're the kind of person who'll stay silent in your project and not provide the feedback that's so necessary in achieving the results that you seek, because you're scared of confrontations or things getting negative, then I'd like you to think of it like this instead, okay? 
If you don't champion your project, your dreams and your visions for your home, if you don't speak up for it, how can you expect others to? And if you don't behave like you're invested and that you care about the quality, the standard of work and design, then it can be hard to expect others to be invested and to stay passionate. It's worth remembering that whilst it's super personal and emotional for you because it's your home, it's not necessarily that way for all of the professionals that you're working with, or they may have a really high level of personal investment, but not necessarily take it on personally when you give them feedback about something that you're not happy with. Now, if you have no idea how to provide feedback without it sounding like an accusation, and you generally find the nature of giving feedback really confrontational anyway, then I'd like to provide you with this antidote. The antidote is to drop the you. And I'll explain this with an example conversation. So picture this, you've been working with a designer, they keep presenting options that you don't feel are actually meeting your brief. You're not quite sure why they keep missing the mark. So perhaps they're just not getting what you really want. Perhaps they're just too busy and they're not giving your project enough attention. Perhaps the junior is working on it and they're not really that involved. You know, maybe they don't like your project. Maybe they they don't like you. So your project's not getting a lot of time. Perhaps your budget isn't that big. So your project isn't that special to them. You feel like they're only drawing what you ask them to and they're not coming up with any kind of extra input that you actually thought that using a designer would involve. I mean, that's the whole reason that you came to them because you thought that they'd have ideas that you don't and that they could really add to the project. But what you're getting is just, it's not awful, it's not great, but it's not the home that you hoped for. Now, by the way, all of those things have been said to me by homeowners working with designers in their projects and unhappy with how it's going. So next time you meet up with the designer, they put some drawings down on the table in front of you and it's just more of the same. And you turn around to them, finally had it, going to give you feedback and you say, why do you keep giving us only what we've asked for? You know, the whole reason that we came to you was because we thought you'd give us better ideas. You know, we wanted you to come up with things that we hadn't thought about, but all you seem to be showing us is the same things over and over. You're not even incorporating any of the feedback we're giving you. You just, we keep telling you things that we're not happy with, but you just keep still putting them in the design. Do you want our budget to be bigger? Do you need more time to do our designs? Do you not want to work with us at all? Like, what is it? Because nothing that we're telling you seems to be making a difference. You just keep giving us the same stuff. Now, how do you think that feedback would be received? Do you think it would foster a great collaborative working relationship where the designer then happily takes on the feedback and comes up with the goods? Well, to be honest, it's really up to the designer how they'd handle that. But chances are, and and unfortunately what I have seen happen, is that the meeting will finish, you'll go away, and then the designer will send an email letting you know that they can no longer work on your project, which just is not great. So I want to share with you this idea of dropping the you. Now, if you looked to drop the you and instead provided your feedback in this way, it's the same scenario, it's the same complaints, but it's delivered differently. So just listen to this. Okay, so we're having trouble understanding because the reason that we wanted to work with a designer was because we thought it would add to our project. You know, we feel though that, look, all that's being shown to us is exactly the things that we suggest and not beyond that. And look, we're not the experts. We really wanted more than that. We feel that we've been giving our thoughts on plans several time over, but we feel also that we're just seeing the same things that we've commented on previously. So what are we missing? You know, we've not done this before and we're really seeking some professional guidance and advice and help. Are we not communicating our brief effectively? Are we being unrealistic about our budget? Where's the mismatch happening? You know, what can we do to 
explain more effectively so that we can really get our design working for us and create a fantastic working relationship together. It sounds really different, doesn't it? Did you notice what was missing? The you. As soon as you use the word you when you're providing feedback, it's actually hard for it to not feel like an accusation instead of actual constructive criticism. And if you're working with anyone who's likely to take feedback personally, it can cause a wall to immediately go up and they're not here. They hear the you and then they don't hear the rest of the conversation. So if you struggle having a conversation without you in it, if you practice it and you find it's just really tricky, you keep actually using the word you and you can't drop it, try actually beginning every sentence with I feel. So frame everything as I feel this way. I feel this is happening. I feel this is the situation. You'll find people can always argue with an accusation. They can always argue and defend their position against a you. It's really hard to argue with how you feel. If somebody says, I feel, there's not a lot that you can actually throw back at someone. And it's if you actually have a practice of this, see how it changes the dynamics of your communication overall. In fact, it applies in lots of other areas besides working with your team during your renovation and building project. Uh, so just try it out and see how you go. Now, this leads me on to the last common mistake, which is mistake number three, and that's hanging on for too long. Now, I've written a detailed blog on this topic called How to Leave Your Builder or Designer. So I'll pop a link to that in the show notes, but I'll talk about a little, a little bit about it now. So a big mistake that I see happen is that homeowners, they'll just hang on for far too long to bad service. So whether they're working with a designer, a builder or another professional and it's not going well, they'll rationalise though that they've come this far, they've spent this much money and it's, you know, it's just too much to walk away from. They've just invested too much. Now in business and economics, this is called sunk costs. So S-U-N-K. And it's a cost either in financial or in time or even both. And when it comes to your home, there can be an emotional cost as well. And it's already happened. It's already been incurred. It's already been spent. So you've spent it already. You can't recover it. And it impacts your decision moving forward. In the worst cases, you'll actually put up with a terrible situation because these sunk costs feel too hard to walk away from. They keep you attached to the person, to the situation and keep you persevering, even though you know you're getting a substandard uh, result and service. But it also happens in smaller ways as well, so far more incremental, as the standards just slip and things just slowly get worse and worse, but you're really in too deep to extricate yourself. And so you just put up with it. You put your blinkers on and you say, let's just keep going. We've already come this far. You're not communicating your dissatisfaction, or perhaps you are, but it's falling on deaf ears. And I, I think that at the core of this, many homeowners forget that they're actually the employers when it comes to renovating and building their homes. And instead, they put themselves in the back seat and they behave like employees. So, and in doing so, they, you know, we give up our voice in the situation and communication is problematic. So you just stop and you just want the whole thing to be over and done with. And because you've spent time and money getting there, you know, what I often see is this reaction. You say, look, it's okay. I've already spent this time and money. I don't want to start again. Everyone has problems when they're building or renovating, don't they? Like this is just no different to the norm. Or it might be something like this oh, look, it's not exactly what I want, but I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want to be that client, you know, that difficult person. Uh, you know, and I just don't want to put them offside. I need them just to finish their job. It's like fearing the waiter who spits in our soup if we complain. You know, we can be the same with those who help us build or renovate our homes. Now, from the outside, with the benefit of perspective, you, we can see others in this scenario and we can easily say, look, I would never have let it get that bad. I would have left ages ago. I would have spoken up. 
And, you know, the luxury of it not being us is the ticket to our objectivity in that situation. But inside the scenario, it's not so simple. You know, when it's our home and it's something we've not done before and it's lots of dollars, lots of time, huge emotional connection, it can be easy to fall further and further into the rabbit hole. And all the while we console ourselves that going somewhere else would just mean another rabbit hole. So it's better the devil you know, isn't it? Well, there is an antidote and I call it the know it sucks euphoria. Now, there's a woman called named Danielle Laporte, whose blog and work that I follow, she's a, I think she's Canadian actually, and she wrote this statement once and it was about all the stuff that we just generally put up with in our lives. But I think it also definitely applies in this scenario of putting up with bad service from professionals and builders when we're building or renovating our home. So she said this, don't worry about how you're going to fix what's broke. Just notice what sucks with ruthless honesty. It'll be a momentary rush when you do. You might even feel a strange sense of elation. I know it sucks, euphoria. When you're high on the truth, you've got a new vantage point of where to go next. Turn the lights off when you leave. Announce your new destination. I love it. I just love it. When you, you know, this whole thing of actually accepting that it's just got that bad and you just need to turn the lights off and announce a new destination. Because when you settle for less, for bad service, for terrible outcomes and substandard processes, you actually are saying it's okay. And when you demand better, when you stand up for yourself and your home, you make a massive statement about what standard you expect overall. It actually takes courage to announce a new destination. But I know you're brave. You have to be when you're tackling a renovation or a new build, don't you? So I want to share something with you that a member of the UA community recently sent me and said that I could share with the community. She said, I had to email you to say thank you. Thank you for sharing all your wisdom and experience. I think I have listened to almost all your podcasts and I feel like you're a friend. I giggle at some of your comments. I find myself nodding along the way and listening to you chat as I do my jobs about the house. You have helped me learn and understand so much more about the renovation and building process. I've been dealing with men in the process of trying to do a house renovation and extension. So I can honestly say that a female's perspective, and she means mine, has opened up so many more ideas and questions. You have even given me the courage to say no to my current designer, who sadly is a friend, and move on to finding someone more in tune with what I'm asking for and what I need from my home. I would have kept going down the same track of not being entirely happy if I hadn't discovered you. Many, many, many thanks, Amelia. Now, I can't tell you the buzz I had in receiving this email because this is exactly what Undercover Architect is all about. It can take courage to stake our claim, to demand what we're paying for, to get the support and guidance we need, and to expect more from those that we work with who are helping you create your finished home. It can be challenging and require tenacity and determination. But it's why I'm here. I'm in your corner. I've got your back. I'm along for the ride with you, okay? So when you're communicating with others about your project, be it those on your team, those that you're considering bringing on board, those that you want to move off your team, remember the antidotes that I've outlined here so that you can avoid the communication mistakes, all right? So it was number one was getting lost in the weeds. Number two was giving accusations, not feedback. And number three was hanging on for too long. And if you need someone to blame, just blame me, all right? Tell them Undercover Architect told me so. I'll be cheering you on as you stay invested 
and informed, knowing that your home is important so that you can create the perfect home for you. Now that's it for our three-part interlude about communication. So in the next episode, I'll be introducing season four and I'm doing something really different for this coming season. So I'm super excited about bringing it to you. What is it? Well, you'll just need to check in on the next episode and see for yourself. Until then. Thank you for tuning in to the Get It Right podcast with Undercover Architect. Now, if you head to the Undercover Architect website, you'll see loads more helpful information on how to get it right when designing, building or renovating your home simply and with confidence. Not only can you see all the podcast episodes there, there's also a wealth of written blogs and videos too covering all sorts of topics. And there's other ways as well that Undercover Architect can give you more support and guidance for your project. Now, if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast, please subscribe so that you always get notified of new episodes as soon as they go live. And I'd love it too if you could please leave a review. (laughs) I know that iTunes doesn't make it easy to leave a review, but when you do, this is super helpful in spreading the word that this podcast exists to others who really need to hear it to get help with planning their future homes. This has been Amelia Lee from Undercover Architect. Thank you for listening and for letting me be your secret ally. Looking forward to next time. Bye.